0: Welcome back, everybody, to another League of Inches podcast. This one's a really special episode. Really looking forward to this one because it's a brand new series that I've created on the the page and it uh, coincides with pretty much I feel like the world is growing uh, when it comes to the content creator space and there's so many pages out there, so many uh, people doing what they love and what they're passionate about, which I absolutely love. I love to get behind as many people as I can. And I thought it was a good way to sort of start interviewing some of these people that you probably know of if you've been living under hopefully you haven't been living under a rock you, you especially know about this guy i'm about to bring on but there's so many people when it comes to youtube instagram facebook the tiktok the likes everyone doing such great work promoting the game that we love um obviously at the start there'll be a big focus on the rugby league side of things being a rugby league page myself but hopefully we can grow this out to become turn a little bit bigger with the content creator side and really get to know a lot of the content creators out there but the one today, really, really special. Um, I've got Blaze from BKR Sport on. Everyone knows this guy. It's it's like, it's basically world famous, I'm going to go out and say, the BKR Sport <laughs> channel. Uh, Blaze, how are you going? I know it's been a massive week and weekend for you, coming off live streaming every game on the weekend. So how's the come down today and, and how's things?
1: Yeah, good man. I appreciate that. I don't know if I'd say world famous, uh, but you know, we're we're doing our best for the game and we've been doing it for quite some time now. So no, I appreciate the the support, obviously, and you know, people are do enjoy what we did put out there. But no, obviously, yeah, it is is quite tiring doing all the, the streams and whatnot. I think we on the weekend we had four or two streams on Friday night and then saturday we had four streams this is all pre-season and then that finishes like 10 and then you've got a bit to do afterwards you wake up five thirty, you start that world club challenge between wigan and penrith and then you've got to wait a little bit and then you go two more games and gee whiz yeah, no, it's uh it's definitely been a little bit tiring but that's what we love we love talking about rugby league and love getting into it so you know whatever we can do for the game the better
0: yeah and that's just a little bit of an insider into the the content creator side of things it's not always easy, but it's definitely something that we're—I know—we're both very passionate about. We absolutely love, so we wouldn't change what we're doing at all. Um, we will get into that side of things a little bit more. Uh, the other thing that I think everyone knows by now—if you're watching, obviously watching on YouTube—you know by looking at the hat, a massive Gold Coast Titans fan, the biggest Gold Coast Titans fan I think that exists. <laughs> um the drum if you go if you watch or go to the games live you know the drums going off and you know blaze is there singing loudly and proudly i want to ask you first of all into uh go into the gold coast Titans side of things and just ask you how long obviously have you been a Titans supporter uh what made you become a titans fan and um just delve into that a little bit with y'all
1: yeah, so obviously the Gold Coast has been around since 2007 and I so I was actually born in Cogra and I was there for two weeks. So I have no kind of like <laughs> correlation with uh, with New South Wales before anyone starts saying, oh, you should be a New South Wales fan. Nothing to do with where you're born if you moved up at two weeks old. So then I got to uh, Brisbane and I was there for quite a few years until I was like 12 or whatnot. And then as I moved to the Gold Coast, obviously, it was when the Gold Coast Titans uh, did actually come into the competition. And I just kind of found myself with them. Like, I could have easily become a Sharks fan because my mum's from Cronulla or a Manly fan because my, my dad's from Manly uh, – well, not from Manly, but he's a Manly fan. And then uh, I also obviously could have gone to Dragons because of where I was born. And I was living in Brisbane. So I could have easily become a fan of any of those teams. But as we moved to the Gold Coast, I, yeah, just found myself in the club, man. I decided to go to a game once. Uh, I can't remember. I think this was actually the first game that I went to by myself was 2010, which was our best year actually. So uh, we went. I think it was against the Raiders in round one, and I went in the Legion at the time. It's the front line now, but because the, the club has taken the name, which we're very happy to give them, because that means that they obviously respect what we do. And I went into the the front line and uh, met a few people. One by the name of Rhonda, and she welcomed me in. And you know, I found myself within the club. I found myself within that group, and just fell in love with the team man, And Yeah, it was just as a young kid who kind of felt like a little bit of an outcast at school, like a lot of people do, uh, you know, the people that I met. And that's why I love the community. That's why I'm all about the Gold Coast Titans as a whole is the name that represents where we're from and represents the people that, you know, uh, the baristas when they make our coffee in the morning or the theme park attendants or the people at the beach or surfers all the way down Conangata, you know, down Coomera Way. It represents everybody, right? So that's what I love because I found myself through the community vibe. in this club that's why i really focus on our community as a whole yeah
0: yeah no I, I love that about you as well and there's something that i don't think anyone can take away from you is your passion um for the gold coast titans and the one thing i really really respect from you uh and i haven't I don't know if i actually told you this year we have we've never actually met in person but we've spoken a few, a few times online etc and crazy because we live basically in the big big gold coast it's actually a lot bigger than you think when you actually live here and I, realize, know, bro. I was but, actually
1: having this conversation the other day with someone. I was like, "Oh, I think it was my roommate. We were talking about, like, you know, Brisbane is, although you have your west and your north and whatnot, it's still really condensed in, yeah. in the centre. Sydney's kind of the same. Melbourne's the same. But Gold Coast is long, man. So some there's so many different people from, like, north to middle to south, and they all act very differently on the Gold Coast, which is quite funny. So, um, yeah, it's so it's just such a big place.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. The thing I like about it, like, there is passion there and it's so, so passionate. I love that. But you're also not one-eyed with your views as well. Like if you need to call a spade a spade, you, you will say that. Um, and that's what I really like about you. There's I know there's a lot of fans out there that no matter what their club does, they'll always have um, the positive view around it. And I know that there is times where it can hurt you to say some of the things you may <laughs> have to say about the club. Um, and you, you love some of the my, my, uh, most of the things that come out about your club as well and, and what they're doing at the moment. But I really love that about you that you're not afraid to hide anything as well. You always let the viewers in, uh, let your BKR sport community into your life and your, your love for the, your team, which I think is just a credit to you as well and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, look, I appreciate that, man. It's not easy. Uh, I, I can tell you, like, everyone would obviously have seen the the reaction that I had with the Dolphins game. Uh, that was quite emotional. Uh, you know, it is... It, look, I'm always happy to t- say it how it is. With that being said, like, obviously, it is my club. I also know a lot of these boys, and also I don't want to really go against my club. So I tell people all the time. Like, for example, in my preseason predictions video, it probably would have come out by the time this comes out, I'm putting the Titans in the top four. Like, I'm going to put them in fourth. But I'm also going to tell you guys that... That doesn't necessarily mean that I actually genuinely believe it's going to happen, but I'm going to back my team into that point and say, "Listen, I'm not going to ever tip my team out of the eight. I'll never do that because then I'm going for a season with a negative viewpoint, and I would never put that onto myself because I know what can happen. I'm quite realistic. I know that we could hit top four with the team that we have, but I also know that we could be bottom four because we've had a long history of, you know, falling away and and just disappointment. Right, so I'm very well aware of our situation, regardless of what people say. But yeah, look, I, I do my best to open up, man. Like it is, uh, I don't think that people enjoy if you just bland and basic and just kind of say what they want to hear. Because at the end of the day, everyone, there's going to be someone who disagrees with you regardless. And, you know, I've spoken about this with my mate Clarkie before, Dane, uh, and I said to him like, Listen, man, they're going to, you know, they're going to hate on you whether you say something positive for the Titans or you say something negative for the Titans. And you're a Titans fan, so you may as well say the positive because either way, you're going to cop the hate. So that's my kind of thought process and that's my kind of ideology that I'm always as honest as I possibly can because regardless, there is just going to be people who disagree with you, so I may as well support my team throughout.
0: Yeah, one thing you mentioned there, I did, uh, I have written a couple of things, but most of it I just want to go off the cuff with. I want to talk about the journey for yourself about being a Gold Coast Titans fan, the journey that it's been for the Gold Coast Titans as a whole, because (laughs) from an outsider's point of view, I've always had a soft spot for the Titans. Like I don't know what it is, but I think since I've moved up, I've been up here for six years now, I have noticed, especially the last probably, I'd probably say three years, um, there's been a real big community stranglehold with the club, and actually community I'm starting to feel is really getting around the club, um, Mm. which I'm starting to like, and it's just getting stronger, but there's definitely been some some years where it wouldn't have been easy being a fan. There's definitely been some some tough moments. Can you let us in a bit? Um, I know you've obviously spoken about in the past the emotional side of things, and I think that's it. Just shows again the passion side of things for yourself. But let us in because obviously you're trying to create content as well and backing your club uh, week in week out. There must have been some some hard hard weeks there for you.
1: Oh, for sure, man. Uh, you know, I. I... As i said i was going to games on a very regular basis from the start of 2010 and i didn't actually create youtube or social media or anything like that until 2015 and that was actually my first couple of vlogs were like manchester city vlogs and playing fifa and whatnot and then 2016 obviously the titans but you know there's been a lot of disappointment throughout the years the titans the only real kind of happy moment that we've had would be back there in 2010 Or when we obviously beat the Warriors for our only finals win, mind you, people don't really remember that, but that was our only finals win that we've had. And then uh, 2016, we got into the eight, but it wasn't too crazy. At the time, we thought it was good, but it wasn't too crazy. And then 2021 happened, and that was amazing to win that game over the Warriors 44-0, still had to rely on a few other teams losing. And then obviously the absolute sheer heartbreak from Patrick Herbert not passing the ball and you know, then we're getting knocked out. So, yeah, look, I I agree with you in regards to the community vibe. Like, I think that people are starting to really, and that's kind of the purpose of what I've said and what I'm doing. People have started to understand that we've all gone through the tough times together and we've all gone through this real compact kind of heartbreak in these last 15 years. And you've got other teams like the Rabbitohs and, and Parramatta and all these other clubs that have been together for a very long time but they've also got success in the past that they can kind of rile behind and get themselves up behind. Eels, even though it was 38 years ago, they still won four premierships in, in the 80s, right? So they can still say, hey, listen, we've got this. Very easy to kind of come back at them and say, well, how many spoons have you got? But the point of the matter is is that they've still got that success behind them. So I think that in recent years, Titans fans are starting to realize, one, we have a small fan base, but a really passionate fan base with that. The people of the Gold Coast, that's why I do a lot of my vlogs, And a big reason that's why I started my vlogs is to show off our community and show off kind of the people that don't get seen. I'm just a face for what people don't know exists because a lot of people say the Titans don't have fans. And I know for a fact that we do have a large, large amount of fans who love this club, man. They love this club, but they're now starting to fully appreciate and understand that by coming together and kind of being really, really close-knit, it really does help each other out mentally, emotionally, and all that type of stuff, right? So, yeah, love, um, I love our history in the sense that it has brought people together so close. It's not easy to say that considering how much we've sucked in the last 15 years, yeah. but it will be so much more worth it when we win based off of that.
0: Yeah, and the thing that I, I really appreciate with Titans fans and I always look at, and I, whenever I hear people sort of try and diss Titans fans, et cetera, I always say to them, Think about the, the other clubs in the arena, as you said, that have had years and years on um, the Titans with, when it comes to history and the like. If if a team there has a bad probably two to three years, like look at the Tigers, for instance, at the moment, they've struggled over the last probably 10 years and their fans have almost vanished. Like there is a lot of Tigers fans still in the game, but there's not many turning up uh, week to week when it comes to their, their home ground, it's cetera. And you start to realise how much that sort of, on the field um, really impacts the fan base. But what I like with the Gold Coast Titans side of things and their fans is, as you said, like the, the finals and that, the success hasn't been there, but the Titans are still turning up. And one thing I'll tell you now, I, I love going to the home ground. I love going to sea bus to watch games. I actually think it's one of the – it's the most underrated uh, very rugby league underrated, stadium yeah. that we've got. I, I, I love it. You're always – wherever you sit, you're basically in on the action.
1: I'll just reply to that and say the reason why people underrate it is because they see the Titans name. And then the, because the Titans haven't been good, they think oh, the stadium's not that good. And they've probably stayed in Sydney or Canberra or New Zealand, or actually not New Zealand, because every New Zealander fan comes over to see us when we play the Warriors, every single person of the population of Auckland oh, yeah. is at that game. So, you know, I think that people look at the name and say, Oh, it's the Titans. And then they look at the, the stadium and they just associate it with each other. So yeah, absolutely, man. But um, I think in regards to tigers, The Tigers are a difficult one because they merged two clubs that hate each other in Balmain and West. And I don't think that they've ever had those two fans really kind of get along with each other and they still don't this day. So when, and I still think that there is a genuine, a great amount of the Tigers fans, the Tigers fans are very similar to us in a way. They've still got their success from 2005 and behind, but the Tigers fans, they are very similar in a way that there's nothing really to get excited about, but yet they're still turning up and It's not a massive amount of people that are turning up, but it's still a real solid kind of foundation. And at the end of the day, success is what brings... So bandwagoners turn into the long-term fans, right? So if you've never had a moment to be successful, like the Titans, for example you've never really had, like I'm different and there are a lot of other people who are different, but you, to have a large fan base, the Rabbitohs have got a lot of history. So that's why they have a, such a large fan base because they've got that success in the past that has then built them into what they are today. So yeah, it's just about, you know, getting that one bit of success and then our core foundation of supporters will grow.
0: Have you found, one last one on the Titans before I move over to the BKR sports side of things. Have you found with the Titans and, and the fans as well, that sort of interstate hatred in a way with with the Broncos and the, the Dolphins, especially being close-ish um, around and, and basically your nearest um, next door neighbours, the fact that the Dolphins are now in the competition and the Broncos are starting to come back from being cellar dwellers, they're now starting to have some success on the field. Do you think that's really brought into the, the fan base for the Titans becoming much more passionate as well and turning back up and really putting their foot down and saying, we are the Titans, we're, we're here to... Where do we want to start making waves in this competition?
1: Yeah, well, we've always been a little brother to the, the Broncos. You know, we've always been the, the team that their fans pretend like they don't care about us, but on game day, they absolutely do care. You can take my word for it, everybody. Uh, <laughs> they absolutely do you know, care. You know that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Um, I'm target number one of that stadium. But, like, the us to the Broncos is right now like the Dolphins to the Titans. And the Dolphins are trying to – they try to say, like, oh, we've been around for longer through Q Cup, so blah, 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 blah. blah. But – the Dolphins one is is definitely starting to become a rivalry I guess because one we lost controversially last year at Seabus and two the one we don't talk about happened at Suncorp that really obviously did fuel it uh so yeah that one's definitely starting to build a lot more due to the local area and with Broncos it is a very hidden kind of rivalry but when these two teams are going together it's going to be because obviously everyone from Brisbane travels down to the Gold Coast to, to visit right they Gold Coast is a better place to live than Brisbane. I'm just throwing it out there. So they'll come down and they'll go to our beaches. They'll see the beautiful areas that we have. And they'll realize, yeah, it's great. They've got a great footy team. But with that being said, we live in a better place. So I feel like their way of kind of getting back to this is by having that better team. Uh, and at the end of the day, they obviously have had a better team for a, a long portion of our existence. However, Broncos fans, the last time we played, you guess what? We beat you at Suncorp. Thanks for coming. So, yeah, look, overall... You know, yeah, people can definitely go and roll up behind that. However, it's a bit of a weird one too, because a lot of Titans fans obviously did come from the Brisbane Broncos, and there is also that Queensland mentality of like Broncos and Cowboys don't exactly hate each other. They want to beat each other like brothers, but they don't hate each other. Rabbitos and Roosters hate each other. But that's kind of the New South Wales to Queensland difference. So a lot of people will get behind Queensland teams before they get behind New South Wales teams, which then means that the rivalry isn't as intense. It's just that the Broncos and Cowboys have been around for so long that that really is there. It's real solid rivalry. It's one of the best rivals in the game, but the pure hatred isn't there. It's just, I want to beat my brother. So uh, it's a bit of a, it's a weird one in Queensland because everyone's just so supportive of the Maroons and coming together as one there the rivalries aren't as fuel intense, but I don't know. I feel like the Gold Coast and Brisbane one definitely will start to bring in a lot more as we start to rise up the, the table.
0: Just on that, if, if the Brisbane locals can stop coming down to our beaches, that would be awesome because I'm tired Absolutely. of the M1 getting clogged up at ridiculous hours and four Absolutely. hours on end yeah, <laughs> you're not you're it's, not, it's not right wrong man
1: get... it's, buddy, it's too busy stay there go to i was gonna say go to red beach but that's not much yeah, go to sunshine coast man <laughs> sunshine coast, please.
0: It's, it's not doing it for me uh i want to start to talk about the bkr sport the, the brand um what you've built uh, i was gonna i'm basically gonna say an empire it, it's just <laughs> awesome what I, i've watched from what you've done and I want to talk about that initial journey, obviously, from a fan at the start of the Gold Coast Titans going to the games. And what was there a moment that sort of clicked in your head that you went, you know what, this is what I want to actually start to do. Uh, I want to start to become that content creator. I want to create the vlogs. I want to go to the games and really show my passion on film because – I know personally, I was very, I haven't never done a vlog because I'm too worried about how I'll be perceived. Because I get <laughs> I I used to get very into the games, and I was very scared of how I'd look. Uh, I've tro- I've calmed down a bit with age, but um, yeah, I was always very very nervous with that. But yep. talk us through that initial period for you, that transition from fan to content creator
1: funny you say that because Clark, he tried to do that once and he understood how difficult it actually is to put a camera in your face and have all these people around you. So I definitely know exactly where you're coming from there. And so does he. Uh, but no, in 2015, I was down there in Melbourne. So I was going to university doing sports journalism at the University of Melbourne and then also Latrobe. And uh, I'd been to every home game obviously on the Gold Coast while I was young up until 2014. And then I went down to Melbourne and I still was flying up for every single home game. And this was kind of this was before obviously YouTube. And yeah. I was a big fan of the Sidemen, right? So I like K-side, Big Star, all that type of stuff. And I was a lot younger then. I was like 19, 20 kind of deal. Uh, how long ago was that? Nine years? Yeah, about 20 years old. And I was loving the Sidemen. And I thought, well, these guys are doing this. You know, I may as well just kind of put myself on and do like a couple of videos myself. I want to obviously bring some support for the Gold Coast Titans to show that we do have fans that exist. Because back then, people don't really know this, but back then, there, there was nothing like this. No one was doing any kind of real content creation at all, especially on YouTube. Maybe like Instagram, but it wasn't really like that. It was still like Facebook days mainly back then. So there was nothing like this. And I was just like, oh, I may as well kind of give it a crack and do it for a bit of fun. And I started out doing FIFA videos. And then uh, I was also amongst a group down there, the Manchester City fans of Melbourne. And we went to the pub every single night, to, or not every single night, every single game. To watch manchester city and they were playing against real madrid and roma in the icc cup uh, in a preseason down at the mcg so i thought oh well you know i'm doing FIFA videos and having a bit of a you know fun with that but now i might actually go and film myself having a few beers having some fun and showing off what the australian fans are like before manchester city so we went to that we did that and that was crazy now i thought yeah let's do titans in the next year in 2016 or it could have even been tw- late 2015 that i did titans i can't really remember uh, but I do remember that the first vlog that I ever did for the Titans was a massive loss against Melbourne. I think that was in late 2015 or early 2016. It was a massive loss against them. But I wanted to still put that out because it did show that we still turned up. And it showed, obviously, as well, that regardless of where I am, I'm flying up from Melbourne for the game. So like, if you're on the Gold Coast, you definitely should be going to the game because if I can do that, then you can do that. So that was my intention always to show we had fans and also whilst doing that to, you know, get people who are on the Gold Coast to have a reason to go and get amongst the atmosphere, get amongst the passion and get amongst the craziness. And, you know, it does take a lot for you to put a camera in front of your face. People don't realize this. They think it's easy. You put a camera in front of your face and you go and talk in front of it. You've got everyone looking at you like you're a weirdo, dude. You know, you've got everyone looking at you saying like that guy, why is he talking to a camera by himself? And for a few years, like I didn't necessarily mind it too much. The issue is when I went to Chicago in 2019, I was vlogging Bulls games. I did like three laps around the United Center in Chicago before I would put the camera in front of my face and do an intro. So I'm doing like a whole fitness workout before I can actually put the camera up and say, hey, guys, how are you going to so be kind our of sport? So, yeah, it is a real tough kind of thing to get yourself over that. Kind of hub It's so easy to do it here in front of a computer, man. Like it's so easy. There's no one around. Like I can scream, shout, shake it all about. But once you start screaming and starting chants and and uh, getting crazy, people look at you, and it's fine if you're like just not with a camera. But if you've got a camera, they're like, oh, it's one of those social media guys, you know. So it, it can be a little bit embarrassing. But I don't care at all about that anymore. Uh, so yeah, I did that for quite a few uh, quite a few years, and I just did it for fun. I wasn't thinking it was going to be a career or anything. But 2020 happened, and that was COVID. So I couldn't get to any games. I remember I went to the Eels-Dogs as the first game of the season and vlogged it, but it never came out because COVID just happened too crazily and just threw everyone amok. And then I thought, you know what? Oh, no, know what what happened? Then COVID happened and then the whole season got cancelled. And then when they brought it back, I was stuck in Fiji. I was with my mum and my family in Fiji. and uh, And I thought, well, I can't vlog it. So maybe I'll just live stream it. Like maybe I'll just sit there and just talk to people. You know, back then I had like two viewers, one viewer, three viewers kind of deal. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just obviously grown to, you know, what we have now where we're getting hundreds and, and, you know, sometimes thousands of people watching on. So, yeah, it's a good journey, man. And 2020, 2021 was when I thought, yeah, I kind of want to start taking this a bit more seriously now. And, you know, it became super consistent. And here we are today, basically.
0: Do you feel like it takes, or it took away at the start, away from your game day experience, and you need to find a balance of how it, how to sort of work it out in a way so that you were in the game and also in in your your vlogs, or you just felt sort of natural quite early on, and you could just enjoy the game and do and do both at the same time? Because I personally, I reckon, I would feel like I'd have like too much going on at the time. I'd be like sort of in bit of both, so I wouldn't be a hundred percent in in either.
1: It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good balance now. Like it's a, I've got a great balance now. Back then, obviously, it was a little bit more difficult to get into. But back then, I was giving it to, if people watch the vlogs, they know Dano, who sits next to me, and he would be the one who would film it. This was before. So he would actually film game footage as well and then film us and game footage and us so that I could focus on doing the drums and whatnot, and then I would intersect when I needed to. Uh, but then that uh, changed post-COVID, and I started just you know filming myself. Uh, it is very hectic, man. It's not for everyone. Like, especially, uh, these are the things that people would, they don't understand. Like, I get a lot of messages and a lot of hate sometimes of people are like, oh, why are you so tired? All you do is do a bit of drumming in a game and say a few words. It's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. So not only is it emotionally, physically, mentally, and financially invested from my end. So I'm actually investing the game, right? You've got the drums that I'm doing. I'm chan- I'm, I'm leading the chance. So I'm the one leading kind of the the atmosphere i'm not the atmosphere but i'm leading the start of it to get everybody else involved in the front line which then obviously goes around the stadium so i've got that i've got the camera i've got to know when to turn it on when to turn it off you know i've got my emotional investment in the game you know i've got people coming up to me i've got people screaming at me from other teams like having a crack at me and trying to get under my skin and whatnot and then i'm going back at them and they're going back at me and then you know nowadays you know i've got you know kids coming up and asking for a photo when it's like the 65th minute of the game and it's crazy it's hectic it's a tight game and i've got all this happening so i've come to get used to it i understand that it's not for everyone but i would advise anyone just to try it if you think that's so easy feel free to try it because it is exhausting and then you get to the end of the game you've put absolutely everything into it or the storm game where it was like 38 degrees or whatever in southern stadium you put absolutely every part of yourself into it you don't stop And then you lose by like a field goal and it's just like, or you get pumped. It's like, damn, man, like, was that even worth doing that? But like, obviously it is, but you're just so exhausted. I'll come home and I'll just like pass out in the bed, man. I'm like, I'm I'm done. Like I put absolutely everything I can into it. So yeah, there is a lot of things that are going on. And back then it was, it wasn't as much. Now it is even more, Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not for everyone, man. It it can get uh, quite uh, chaotic is what I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. You spoke about the time uh, and and how much time it sort of takes. You just spoke about a a game day. I actually want to talk to you about basically your week and just how much goes into what you're doing because I think a lot of people would seriously underestimate the time and effort it takes to not just run the YouTube side of things, the page, constantly organising what you're talking about, what you're doing on a week-to-week basis. There is a lot more than a lot of people think, isn't there?
1: Oh uh, yeah, for sure, man. You know, there's everyone looks at the final product. So, you know, no one gets to, see, yeah. no one understands how much. And this is for everyone, not not just for me. But everyone will always see, in every capacity, the final product. So they'll see the vlog, or you know, they'll see the stream. But like, there's. There's, there is so much that goes into it. Like obviously not getting into too crazy your personal life and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like I'll go to trainings during the week. Like I'll go to every training on Thursday for the boys, you know, uh, that's half an hour away. So or 20 minutes or 20 minutes, half an hour away from me. So that's, you know, an hour return. Uh, that's usually on a day that there is a live stream later on that night. Uh, but like to go specifically into like Monday is kind of a rest day. But with that being said, I still have to edit the vlog. So the vlog will take about, three hours to two and a half to three hours to edit because you're putting in music, you're, you finding the right pieces. You know, you've got so much stuff that you don't need and then you've sometimes got too much stuff and then, you know, it's, it's quite crazy. So you've got three hours that you're focusing on that. And then obviously people don't realize you go do the thumbnail, you go do the tags, you go do the description, you go share it on all your socials and whatnot. And obviously, as a creator, you want to put the best kind of content out there. So, you're at the time, you've got a little bit of anxiety like, are people going to like this? Is it going to be good? Like, is it going to be disappointing for them? Or are they going to really like it and enjoy it? Uh, That does come into your mind. And obviously, you're also doing that. So, for example, let's say this is actually a big one that people don't recognize, but let's say we get absolutely whooped in a game. I've just flown all the way down to, say, Melbourne, right? And it's a great little trip, but I've flown all the way down to Melbourne. We've done everything. We've gone crazy, and we've lost by, like, 40 points. you are going to come back, and everybody else can forget about that game. They're like, oh, okay, we'll just move on to the next one. I can't. I've got to go watch myself be sad for 80 minutes. i am got to watch myself be upset. Or, like, the Dolphins game, for example, right? I've got to watch myself cry on camera and edit it for the next three hours, watch myself for the first 40 minutes, get excited, happy, crazy. And the last 40 minutes, obviously, just go down into a dark, dark damn well hole. And, you know, I've got... Everything from that week, and I do that. And then, you know, then you get the reaction from it. Uh, there's a lot of good people, and there's a lot of bad people. But Monday is kind of the rest day despite doing all that, right? And then Tuesday is kind of preparing for the week ahead. Uh, you know, obviously, well, nowadays, I'm starting to get back in my fitness as well. So that's obviously adding in another part. Uh, and then when, Wednesday is actually probably more of the chill day, to be fair. But with that being said, usually you're filming videos, you're editing videos, you're uh, thinking about kind of what you can do better or it's also about booking the flight and booking the accommodation and booking all this kind of stuff for when you're doing the away trip to Leicart or Penrith or New Zealand or you know like April this year we have three trips to Canberra, Townsville and New Zealand so that's going to be a really crazy month in April as we've got to go everywhere so while that's all happening I'm also doing one stream on Thursday, two streams on Friday, three streams on Saturday and then two streams on Sunday and then obviously one stream will be missed alongside the Titans game because I'm there. Uh, and then sometimes I'll get a friend of mine to do it. So I've got that thought process, like please don't say anything stupid and get me canceled on my YouTube channel uh, <laughs> while you're doing that, which is Antonio, but he won't, he doesn't do that. He's a good bloke. Uh, so you've got that and then, you know, and you've got the emotional investment and whatnot. So, you know, yeah, look, not going too crazy in your personal life, but at the end of the day, there is, you've got to work out how to do all that and then also have your balance whilst also putting out videos Tuesday, Wednesday, ahead of the next lot of streams that go out and whatnot. And yeah, it's a it's a crazy, crazy time frame, but people always hear the end product.
0: I want to talk to you about balance and and balance in it comes to Interacting with with your your community, interacting with people that love your work, interacting with people that obviously hate your work, <laughs> the, the keyword, the haters. Um mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of probably creators out there that have got themselves into some nasty situations over um the years, uh, and they've probably not known when to either stop, not known when to get involved, etc. How do you find that? Because obviously, as you said, being so passionate, you probably open yourself up as well to a lot more. I don't want to use the word abuse, but that naturally what would be coming that's your right way for, from people that I, I don't agree with it at all, but that's what gets them off for some reason. What do you <laughs> find is, is the best way to deal with that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, it's really difficult, man. I've got a really good support group internally as in like, I've got good friends that I talk to. I've got an amazing mother that supports me every step of the way. I've got my dad as well. I've got anyone, uh, I've got a lot of, and a lot of the boys also support me as well as in like our team. Um, I'll, I'll have a chat to them and yeah, it's difficult, man. It's, it's definitely something that it's very hard to explain. Like people don't understand that after a game will finish, I, a lot of the players will like, let's use Tano and the dogs, for example, you know, like they will go hard at him and their fan base as a collective will just absolutely smash him. Right. And that's through Instagram and whatnot. And then you've got, you know, people like myself, who are actually involved in the game, but will cop endless amounts of criticism for what happened in the game, as if it's my fault, whether that be from some Titans fans, not a whole, some, but then obviously a large range of like people taking the piss out of you, laughing at you. And a lot of the time they'll be like KYS, I'll say that as that, so that people don't completely get the full picture, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you'll get a lot of that. And it's very difficult, you know, as an emotional person who is invested And in the game, but also as a human being, it it took me a while to really kind of grasp the fact and understand that, and this is something my mum said, is that people see your persona online in regards to this perspective. They don't see kind of who you actually are. They just see what's in front of the camera. So that kind of got me thinking, like, obviously, they're seeing like somewhat of an act in a way like obviously i'm not screaming and shouting going crazy while i'm getting a coffee in the morning so you know they people may not like the titans which then in turn will then make them not like me kind of deal and then because i'm so passionate about that they don't like me and kind of all that kind of jazz and a lot of people don't like that i'm not supporting their team and will say critical things about their team and i have also in the last kind of six months or so understood that I can be quite antagonistic at times and I can be quite, I'm very polarizing, but I can be quite antagonistic where like I'll go out of my way to enhance the Broncos rivalry because that's kind of how I feel. But by doing that, it then opens you up to a world of these, this whole group of people will then hate you and then it will continue to grow through kind of their hate. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot more of, I actually had a kind of a, a conversation a bit with this about another content creator the other day like to him i was talking to him and i was saying like i can see that you're going down this direction maybe kind of like rain a little in a little bit because with what i did i put myself into a situation where i was target number one at every single stadium especially broncos you know bulldogs one down to the core last year it was brutal that is something i don't wish upon Anybody in regards to how I was treated at core. And I've got Belmore in round three this year. So, you know, but I'll still go because you have to make sure that they don't think that you're scared because that sense of that sends a bad message that they people can scare you away from going to games or enjoying yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, we're just here to enjoy footy. We're just here to have fun and speak our opinion and you know really embrace a community. But with that, you're gonna get a lot of love and you're gonna get majority love, but you're also gonna get a great deal of hate from people who are probably leading sad lives. I won't lie to you. A lot of people are probably leading sad lives where they're like, that guy's traveling around Australia. He's enjoying watching footy and I'm going to hate him because I've got nothing really going here. And I've never seen an actual genuine hater who's doing better than what I'm doing. And I've I've heard that from other people before. And I say it myself, I've never seen a hater doing better than how I am. And I think that's something that people always need to recognize, especially as a content creator, is that if someone's going out of their way to send you hate, if you're successful and you're happy and you're doing well, you don't have the time to go out of your way to send hate to somebody. So that's something to recognize is that that person has the time to do that and they're probably just kind of voicing their inner you know, bad moments onto you to make themselves feel better. So that's why I say don't take too too much of that. Understand why you're getting it, which is what I've had to do but also understand that that's their problem, not your problem.
0: A hard thing for you as well that you'd also cop the, the fans' anger of, say, the Titans beating, let's say, the Broncos one week. Oh, yeah. Their fans would be frustrated with their team letting them down. So they'd see you and go, oh, he was carrying on at the game, blah, blah, blah. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to take my frustrations out on Blaze today. I'm going to go send him a nasty comment and abuse him. And if you're that sort of fan, like obviously be be proud or, and be passionate about your fan uh, your, your club but there's also different ways i feel like to do it and you're you're a passionate man and you're a very um i guess dividing uh content creator when it comes to that side of things because you're obviously always going to put the gold coast tides first and that's mm. just natural i think every single rugby league fan needs to step back and go they'll always put their team first it, they'll anger the shit out of them at times but we'll always have our team um Needs best for us, and the thing I always find, and I feel like f- f- for my page, uh, as we're getting um growing, etc., we're getting more and more comments in. I always have tra- always tried my best to try and get back to comments, etc., whether mm. it's good or bad, whether it's agreeing. I always say, first of all, I'm a fan of the game, and my opinion is just as a fan, it's my opinion. You can agree with it, you don't have to agree with it. Just never get personal with stuff. We all can have our opinions on stuff, whether it's a post about. The Panthers lately, I feel like Panthers fans think I, I hate them or something. It's not the case. Uh, I just have sometimes say about certain things, and you got to call a spade a spade at times. And-
1: mate, mate, every single club will think that you hate them because you'll say one negative yeah. thing about them. Uh, you know, like for example, people have this weird thing that I like hate the Eels. I don't hate the. I don't actually hate anybody realistically. I the only club I actually hate in the entire world is man united i don't even hate the prison broncos i just just like their fans but i think that the main thing is that the reason why i hate or not hate the reason why i dislike their fans is because people a lot of people will come with banter with pretty harsh banter and it's like i can kind of tolerate it from one person but that person will be like oh bro it's just banter it's just a bit of a laugh, whatnot." But then you've also got to remember that you're one person. And if you're doing it, there's also other people doing the exact same thing, probably even worse than you. Like I said before, a lot of really, really harsh, brutal, negative comments that really kind of uh, go in at you personally. And it's like, then you've got that person and that person, then all these people kind of doing the same thing. And then when you kind of bite back at it, then they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just having a laugh, man. You're just like, oh, man, like you just don't get that. Like I'm getting this from you know, 50 to 100 people. Like that, again, that Dolphins game, I had, I think was 1,200 plus messages to get back to, you know, from 70% of people who were loving and 30% of people who absolutely hated. So, and I did, like I had so much support and that's what made the bad moment better. But yeah, it's it's always going to happen, especially in Australia. It's always going to happen because Australians will kind of support you all the way up. They'll continue to support you all the way to the top. And then when you're at the top, I'm not saying I'm at the top, but when you kind of get to that, that kind of big area, they love to absolutely slam you down, tall poppy syndrome. Whilst in America, it's the opposite. They'll hate on you when you're at the bottom. But when you're at the top, they absolutely love you. They, they say that, oh, yeah, I was a fan since the beginning and they, they'll love you, right? So I think that that's, it. unfortunately, I think in Australia that people need to recognise when you're getting into content or sport in general is that the gamblers will have a crack at the players and it's not acceptable whatsoever. But like it's always unfortunately going to be a thing because people can't control their emotions in that sense and they can't control and they do try to make themselves feel better in regards to the unfortunate life that a lot of us do obviously have to go through. Everyone has their mental health and their personal demons and all their struggles, but it's just about trying to, and this is something that I'm going to do, control yourself to a point that you don't like blast out and take it on anybody else. But at the end of the day, man, it's all tribalism, culturalism, and people love their team so much that they will assume especially especially with the dogs their fans will treat it like a war like their fans specifically treat it like war i don't hate the club and i don't even dislike their fans i had them in a the higher up of their tier but a lot of their fans are aggressive violent and abusive and it's an issue and that's why i've had to kind of like organize a few things ahead of belmore because unfortunately There are a lot of people who want to have that big kind of moment to make themselves feel better. So it's a hard mix, man. It's a very, very hard balance. But at the end of the day, you always need to, something that I live by, you always need to focus on the positive and then embrace the positive and feel it and say to yourself that you're going to remember this feeling later on when you're feeling down so that you remember that positive feeling from before. So that's what I do
0: yeah I always think, and I live by this. You, you speak to people the way you want to be spoken to. And I think if a lot more people sort of took that upon themselves and started to act that way, I think it'd be a lot friendlier in a way if um, but again, mm. we open up, as you said, we do open ourselves up to this sort of stuff, and it comes with the territory naturally. unfortunately, that's that's the way it is. And one thing I always remember is I'm actually not a player. so if I'm getting what I get sometimes and you're getting your you're getting, I couldn't imagine what some of the players get. Oh, and I and see it, bro. They
1: get, yeah, they get yeah, they get full-on stuff, man.
0: I see it. It, it. it makes me feel feel a lot uh, real sorry for him. Um, one final thing with the the content side of things, I just want you to uh, I don't I want to pick your brain a little bit with some basically advice you've got. I know there will be a lot of uh, fellow creators listening to the, to this interview to this podcast, um, and they're at all different stages of their journey. There'll be a whole different array of of people listening. I don't want you to give away your secrets because that's obviously what you've got that's working for you and you don't want everyone to jump on to what you're doing and how you're doing it and that is totally respectable. But there's some little things that you could probably give out to, I guess, myself as well. I'm included in this and and other fellow content creators about little points that they can get uh, hit and aim for to slowly start improving things.
1: Yeah, I think it's just about being, like, it's not about doing it, doing something to be someone. It's about I started this out to because I'm passionate about the game and I'm passionate about what I do and I love what I do and nothing's changed. Like obviously, yes, now I'm able to, you know, receive financial gain from what I do. But I've also put a lot of work into it, continuously do, and to be able to create the content that that we've now driven ourselves into, you do obviously need that financial gain. But that doesn't mean that that was the purpose for it. So a lot of people go into it thinking I want to be famous and they would go into it thinking I want to have money. and what you, a lot of people don't think about is that i am taken like nine years to get to where I am. Like I, I did it for a long time. So if you're willing to sit back for like five to 10 years, then great. But if you're wanting success now and to feel amazing now and getting money now, then it's just not going to happen. You know, you have to put in time and effort, which then comes from the passion side of things. And don't look at numbers. You know, I've got a friend who who started up their, like, TikTok very recently or something like that. Uh, I think maybe late last year, he's doing similar things to kind of what I do with the Titans. And, you know, unfortunately, he was complaining about, like, a certain amount of views that he'd received in, like, the first 24 hours or something like that. And I'm thinking, like, you know, <laughs> you, if you look at the views, you will always be down. In the off season. I would get, like, 200, 250, 300 views, which is much lower than what I would normally get. And if I looked at that, I'd be like, well, what's the point of me doing what I'm doing? You know, it will really hurt you and think, oh, I'm putting so much effort into this, why am I not getting it? But it's because in regards to that, it's because it was off season so no one cared about rugby league at that point. But at the end of the day, I just kept doing what I was doing, kept being consistent to show that one, I'm still alive people, I am still here, I am alive and also two, it shows the work ethic that you're willing to put in the work regardless of financial gain or fame or notoriety and whatnot. So it's the main thing is don't look at numbers and be patient. Yeah. The other thing I would say is is be who you are. I like don't copy me just because you see that I've become or doing successful because of it. Like I know I'm starting to do stuff at the club and I know the boys and I know all these other people and, you know, I've got these amount of subscribers. But at the end of the day, it's not you trying to become me. That's how I've gotten there. You know, there's so many other content creators out there who I do see and I get told about trying to be me. And it's like, you will grow faster if you show the passion that you do. But as yourself, you will grow faster. Be authentic. You know? Yeah, be, be authentic, man. You know, like I know, yes, I was the first person to start doing NRL vlogs, but I wasn't the first person to vlog. I didn't create vlogging. It was just, you know, I started doing NRL vlogs and I was myself. And then other people have come from there and started doing that themselves too. So it's not about like, oh, I don't want to vlog because I don't want to copy. It's about the person in the vlog. You don't need to kind of, you don't need to put the music at the exact at the start just to kind of emulate exactly what I do. You know, you don't need to have this little hype bit, bit and then you also have the intro and then you have the music and then you have the game from there and then the outro. But a lot of people do kind of take from that and think that that's going to be emulating the success. And it's like, it's not necessarily the case. If you be yourself, people will come to you because they can see the authenticity there. And then in regards to live streams, again, I definitely did not create live streams uh, obviously just decide to do it for the NRL, which is what I love again, you know, and then, you know, people then go into that. And I don't think that's kind of too much of a copy kind of thing there because at the end of the day, we're just sitting down and, and watching a game. But again, be yourself in that live stream. It's not about trying to be as crazy and loud and passionate as I am. You don't have to be that kind of speed and pace because not everyone likes it. Not everyone likes the way that I will cover a game. So try and get the other people who don't like how I cover a game and... You know, you'll benefit from that. You don't need to copy anybody else. See what they're doing, so acknowledge it. Say, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna do it my own way and then do that. So it's all about patience, it's all about passion, it's all about being authentic and being who you are and not copying other people and kind of who they are.
0: What's your inspiration? What's your drive um to keep doing what you're doing and and get better and better? Um, because I got no doubt, there's definitely been, as you said, some tough days has been. Haters has been everything and naturally as a human being that, that will get to us what drives you what, what's your inspiration
1: Uh well obviously i want to be better for myself but you know i've got my family i've got a daughter over there in fiji i've got my mum who's always been supportive and i always want to obviously you know provide for them and and uh you know provide a better life for my family that's obviously what everyone ultimately should be kind of trying to achieve for to have a really you know positive family vibe and be able to support them but also it's to with the Titans, people have got to remember as well, we have never had a moment on this channel where the Titans have been successful, right? So the drive, and this is why I always get concerned about, right? Like I've got this drive right now that and will obviously absolutely smash it. And then when we win the premiership, it'll be the craziest moment, the, probably the number one moment ever in, in my life. And for everybody else who has invested their time into watching my journey throughout, they will also get an incredibly emotional experience when it happens because they know what I was like at the start, throughout. And then there, regardless if they're a Titans fan or not, right, it'll be quite an emotional experience for the people involved. So I know that the day the Titans happen to win the premiership would be the craziest moment ever. But then it's kind of like, what next? And this is something that I learned from Gary V. Gary Varnashuk, is that his ultimate goal was to own the New York Jets and buy the New York Jets. And then he said that one of the worst days of his life was actually when he bought the New York Jets. So his goal was achieved, but that was the worst day of his life. And the uh, – no, sorry – He said that when he does buy it, it will be the worst day of his life. When he does buy the Jets, it will be. And the reason why he says that is because he likes and loves the process. He loves the process of getting there. But then when you get there, it's like, well, what next? What do I do now? That was my whole goal, my whole achievement. So it's like, it's a bit different with the Titans. Like at least I'll always want to be winning more and more and more. But you do have that kind of crossroad where it's like nothing can really beat that moment. Right? So... Uh, my drive right this very second is to see the Titans become the most successful community and the most successful club in the NRL. That's obviously the drive that I have. Uh, and, you know, I'll always voice that and always come out against anybody who goes against that. And I'll always uh, be a face for a community that uh, doesn't have a great deal of representation, regardless of the hate that you get. So that's where my drive is, family and then also seeing that moment.
0: Sell me the t- the Gold Coast Titans in 2024. 2024
1: was a fresh start, man. You know, we've never had a, a professional game-winning, premiership-winning coach like Desi Hasler. Desi Hasler has come in and is the first coach in the Gold Coast Titans history that has already won a premiership in the NRL and he's won multiple. You know, the, when he went into the Doggies, he, in 2012, in the first year he was there talking to the grand final. Yes, they lost. 2014, also talking to the grand final. Yes, they lost. But in 2011, the year before that 2012 grand final, they won with Manly, right? And also was the coach of a team that won 40-0 against a bunch of cheaters in Melbourne Storm. So Desi to coming in, we all know this Titans club and these Titans plays our quality as it is. We know we've got a whole forward pack, which is basically Queensland. You know, we've got background players to the brim with so much speed and so much talent and so much depth in that fullback position with even Keanu, who can't get in right now, playing for the New Zealand A team. So the point of the matter is, is that we've got the team there. We didn't actually lose by big margins to the big teams last year. We didn't beat the Broncos. And we we're actually really good against the Panthers and the Storm and the Warriors and all those top four teams. We may have lost but it was just about that cutting edge in the second half. So now that we have Desi Hasler, he comes in, he rips in, he says, listen, boys, this is how we're going to do it. And I know that Desi Hasler, mixed with this young team, is absolutely going to connect with each other, and we're on the up, man. So, uh, yeah, I believe in the Gold Coast 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that I believe we'll be top eight, and I genuinely, genuinely believe that we could be top four this year. I,
0: I actually think it's the most well-rounded, strongest side and squad you guys have had mmm I'd, I could almost argue since the, the the existence of the Gold Coast Titans with the quality that's all around that, the park and the depth that you guys have. I feel like, as, and I obviously haven't been as involved in the club as yourself, but when I look at it and on paper and things like that, there's always used to be a concern for mine with the Gold Coast Titans around injuries and if players are able to step up when you did lose quality. This year, I don't have a question of, around that at all. Like, I'm more confident than ever. I'm not even a Gold Coast Titans fan that you will be able to cover that. Like there's going to be players that miss out round one that we're just going to look at and go, holy crap, like how is that person not playing round one of, of mm. the NRL? And I always look at that. One of the first things I look at when I do my club season previews and things like that, that's the first thing I look at is depth because I think depth is such an underrated facet in this game, these uh, this day and age. If you don't have the depth there, you're basically screwed. Like, I don't see our hope in hell for you for the year ahead because it's impossible to get through the year with no injuries or no suspensions and the like. That must make you confident and proud, actually, because I feel like that your club is building so well at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, I think people need to understand that, we on the Gold Coast, we've actually provided a lot of talent for everyone because a lot of talent in, in rugby league comes from Kebra Park on the Gold Coast who are now aligned with the Rabbitohs, PBC who are aligned with us, Marsden who are aligned with us. You know, we've got the Burley Bears and Tweeted Sea Seagulls. Burley Bears are now at the Broncos. Tweeted with us and we've got Ipswich now. So the point of the matter is is that a lot of the I guess it comes from the fact that there's a lot of Islanders in the Gold Coast. And obviously our game is really built around a lot of Islanders being amazing talents from Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, New Zealand, Cook Islands, Papua New Guinea, all these kind of places, right? So um, it's really it's really good to see that we do have that depth there. Uh, the issue with the Titans over time, realistically, has come from our seven post-Scotty Prince. We haven't really had a seven to really kind of continue. So I think Tanner Boyd has such a massive year to have. He has to have a massive year. Uh, and I back my boy in. I know Tan very, very well. I love him. He's a, a real down-to-earth, kind-hearted soul. And I genuinely believe he will be the the seven this year and and, and be quality. Uh, but with that being said, you know, if he didn't pan out, then you've got Tommy Weaver. You know, and Tommy Weaver played for the New South Wales under 19s, was incredible against the Dolphins in the preseason. You know, if our fullback goes down, hey, Jaden Campbell's injured, well, guess what? we got Keanu Kenny, who played for the New Zealand A's team. You know, we've got... Uh, in the Senators department, Joe Tafita just played for the Moldy All-Stars and yet he won't be able to get in. You've got Aaron Sharp, who was one of the better Senators in the game at the Doggies, didn't have a great year last year. But with that being said, like he is still a solid center and he can't get in. You know, Brian Kelly and AJ Brimson will be there. The wingers are incredible. The depth that the wingers have got, you've got Lofty and you've also got Phil Sammy but you've got Tony Francis knocking on the door who scored three tries in the Q Cup final. He scored two tries last week. You know, he scored and hasn't missed a try besides yesterday. Hadn't missed a try since around 21 of last year in the Q Cup, you know, and he can't get himself in, you know, Ken Mamalo as well there and the forwards, they don't even get me started there. So yeah, the, the depth is really impressive right now. We've got uh, some nice schools that are in our system. The only reason that Kibra didn't want to stay was because they wanted us to be only Kibra. And it's like, well, PPC is a very great school in Palm Beach. So, no, we'll keep them. And it's unfortunate we have to lose you. But at the end of the day, we're going to keep Palm Beach, Crumbin, and also Marsden. But God help everybody if we hadn't been able to keep Kibra, PVC and Marsden, because those three schools really do, you know, uh, create the, the quality across the, the entirety of the NRL. So... Um, yeah, look, really, really impressed with our uh, our depth. And actually, as we're filming this today, there is a depth video going out for every team and ranking them, and I'll put us in the top five. So, yeah, happy with it.
0: I definitely agree with that one. Uh, moving on to the final few rapid sort of questions here as we, we t- start to, to wrap things up. I once again, really appreciate your time for this. First of all, I want to ask you, is there an interview or an interaction with a player over your time that's really stood out to you? <laughs>
1: i'll think well, of a positive any one. reason <laughs> no i'll think of a positive one everyone who knows my channel knows the one that i just laughed at uh but <laughs> um i think that uh this are you talking about like on youtube or are you talking about like in general
0: in general anything in you general, can do one for youtube if you want and then I'll, you do, do well, I'll do one, in general one for as both
1: well. yeah i'll do one for both so the, the big one that I think that people won't understand how impactful it is is that it was actually Justin Holbrook, the coach of the Titans, before uh, obviously Desi came in. Now, Justin is such an incredible human. We absolutely love him on the Gold Coast. Unfortunately, the results didn't favor him, and that's why we had to remove him. But at the end of the day, I will always have such amazing respect for that man. Now, when you're at like training and when you're kind of around a club, you don't that like you're still a fan, right? Like, even though I have this social media following and I'm a creator and whatnot, at the end of the day, I am still a fan. I'm not actually working for the club. But Justin, I remember one day, he obviously sees me all the time. I'm talking to him all the time. Um, and one day it was so simple, but he offered me a bottle of water. Now, when you're down at training, they count the amount of drinks to like give them out to players and whatnot and to staff and whatnot. But he just simply offered me a bottle of water. Now, I've never had that offered in general from anyone before because usually, even my mates at the Titans, like, because obviously it's not really their place to do that. But Justin went out of his way to just simply give me a bottle of water. And I really respect that because it just showed how down-to-earth he was and just showed that he understood and respected me for what I do and really appreciated kind of my involvement in the club. And that's what he said as well. So that... A lot of people will be like, oh, a bottle of water. Like, who cares? You know, but it was the sentiment behind it that, one, he didn't have to do that, and, two, the club usually counts that kind of stuff so people can't, but yet he still did that. So that was just a really nice moment there with Justin. In regards to a player, like, on the field, I would say something that – Something that is quite positive. I think it kind of in general is always with our boys, though, like the post-match kind of come down. We give each other a dab and a hug and whatnot. You know, doing it with JC is always quite a good moment and all that and should be last year. I think that it's very difficult across the competition. There was a moment with David Clemmer as well, like to go away from the Titans. There was a moment with David Clemmer at Newcastle. And it's like when you're a fan of another team, the players won't normally kind of – it doesn't – they're not – kind of inclined to do anything with you on a camera. You know, they, they, they don't need to kind of film because it's like, well, why do I need to impress you? Or just no, you're not following my team or supporting my team, so they don't need to jump on for an interview. But I remember David Clemmer was so nice, so down to earth. He was just a brilliant bloke, and it was really impressive to see that. I know that Newcastle won by a big amount. I guess if we had have beaten them by a big amount, they probably wouldn't have wanted to do that. Uh, but he did. And the same thing went with Will Warbrook, actually, at the Melbourne Storm last year. Uh, and they lost that game. So that's even more of a you know positive for him. But um, I, there's no real kind of standout moment. There's always just those little moments that I appreciate, I guess, overall. And when it comes to Titans, it's always just the post-match chatting because I'll go at the back. And I don't know if I want to say this because I don't want too many people to like, decide to go at the back. I'll say it. I'll <laughs> say it. So there's enough people there as it is. So I guess there's going to be people that will find it anyway. Out the back is where the players obviously walk out at the end of the game. And sometimes I'm waiting there for like two hours. So uh, despite all the game, I'll sit out there for two hours and I'll be the last person to leave. Um, You know, it's it's a lot of effort and especially after a loss. And sometimes it's really cold. I remember one time last year, it was like five degrees or eight degrees or something like that. And I waited out for hours and they took so long, man, so long. And Toby Sexton would usually drive me back to my car because he'd be one of the late last ones. Um, but, yeah, just like those moments, just having those chill chat moments with the boys saying, like, kind of what happened, you know, Again, next time kind of deal, just the simple stuff. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, – I've been going on for too long, but there was also one more as well. In Manly last year, after the Dolphins game, we beat Manly. This is actually the number one. There's a ton of boy to me saying, I thought of you immediately after that game. And it was because of that crying moment, like with the tears and whatnot on, on Instagram. He came up with a massive smile on his face. You actually see it in the Manly vlog. And he, he said, you know, I thought about you immediately after that win. And that was pretty – yeah, that hit me quite hard, especially after the tough week we'd all gone through because yeah, right after that game, we were messaging each other just how how tough that result was. So that one meant a lot. Yeah, Tanner Boyd.
0: That, that's, that's special. Um, you mentioned mm. JC there. I just want to have a quick shout-out to um, Jaden Campbell. He was at the game yesterday. I was honestly – I was sitting about 5 to 10 metres away from him and just i watched it. it was before the game so everyone's warming up etc and, and the like and he was there sitting there in the grandstand every man and his dog was going up to him wanting autographs yeah. he's the star attraction he did not shy away from a single thing and i was anticipating because i obviously i don't know him at all but i was anticipating um he would literally just get up after five ten minutes and he'd go and he'd just try and find a place to sort of hide yeah, way. That's not JC, no way he he um he loved every second of it he appreciated everyone he was welcoming he was no doubt um probably got a bit fatigued by the end of it the amount of photos and signatures he had to to put up with and and he's used to that by now
1: bro he's used to that by now he gets flooded everywhere and you know obviously his dad's Preston Campbell right so Presto we when he was playing at the end of a game we had to tell him like go on like get out of here Preston like you he's just signing photos signing everything taking photos and and JC's obviously taken after that. Jaden Campbell is an amazing bloke, just like his dad. They've got such a great family. And, yeah, I appreciate you said that because, obviously, yeah, people can have their misconceptions of players. But, yeah, JC is is an amazing bloke and, obviously, comes from a great uh, a great father as well, Preston Campbell, who, yeah, like I said, we had to tell Presto, like, go home, man. You just, you, you've been here for an hour after the game. Get out of here. Go relax.
0: He's a class act. One that's going to be pretty hard for you to answer on the spot because there's been some – your quality players over the Titans' time so far. I want you to give me your ultimate five-a-side Titans team. So, two backs, a playmaker, and two forwards.
1: Uh, two backs. Well, I'm going Preston Campbell for one. I definitely have to go the elusivity there of Presto, uh, Presto Magic. And I think I'm going to have to go with a Lafayette because that pace is just absolutely phenomenal. We saw that in the Eels game yesterday. Like that, which is, you know, the way he just, his acceleration is wild. Uh, so two forwards, you've got to go Dave Fafida. That's just as simple as that. Uh, Dave Fafita is one of the best players we've had in our in our club's history. And he's got he outpaced the entirety of the Newcastle Knights last year in Newcastle. And that's including Carl Tonga, right? So uh Dave Fafida's got some pace on him, and it's just an absolutely big boy. Uh, another one, like a big kind of forward. Like uh, you do kind of want to look at guys like Luke Bailey or Tina F- Malawi, or even Luke Douglas, who is a tough player. But then again, in a 5 aside side you're probably not going that way. I probably would still lean with Tino, to be completely honest with you. Like, he still is just the best player on our team. You know, he's a quality player, big-time forward, has a bit of pace about him as well, uh, and is Australia, Queensland, everything representative, right? So I definitely wouldn't go away from him. And then in regards to a playmaker, it's got to be between Matty Rogers or Scotty Prince, but I'd probably have to lean towards Scott Prince. Like, Scott Prince is the, yeah. the seven that we always look back on and say he was... He's our best halfback of all time. So in regards to Playmaker, I would go Scotty Prince, then I'd go Dave and Tino, and then uh, the backs were Preston Campbell and uh, Preston Campbell and Lafayette and
0: Scary, scary, scary <laughs> talent. Uh, and there is definitely even more. You could name probably three or four very scary sides there. Yeah. Any special shout-outs you've got when it comes to content creators' pages for for people to check out, whether big, small people that you reckon might deserve a bit more love or people you just want to shout out to that's doing a, a great job in this side of things?
1: Uh, well, obviously I've got to shout out my uh, co-host for the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast, which is Clarky. He obviously, he puts so much work and effort into what he does, man. You know, people, people don't realise that he brings... A laptop with him to games so that he can, at halftime, put up things and put up posts and whatnot. Uh, so he is just always in work mode. And even when I would say that his place in Canberra, like he would put, he would, while we're just chilling after the, the next day after the Raiders game and we just lost, he's sitting there for like an hour, an hour and a half and he's just going through all his posts for the week because he obviously works as well, right? So he schedules his posts, but you know, he just sits there and he's a, a non stop worker man. So he obviously gets a shout out. Um, obviously, a lot of the things that I do is with guys like Guru and with these kind of people. But, you know, Sports Shed do a fantastic – Sports Shed TV do a fantastic job in regards to organising the charity match uh, every single year uh, that Clark and I commentated. Uh, they were playing. I would play if it wasn't for my ankle that I broke a couple of years ago. and never really fully recovered. But I am getting scans and stuff now, guys. So maybe in the future I might play it. Uh, but, yeah, Sports Shed TV deserves a shout-out for that one. And on the spot, it's kind of hard because you've got – there's so many content yeah. creators that you just kind of think of, to be fair – Uh, on the spot. I'm trying to think of a smaller content creator that probably deserves a bit of a shout-out. Smaller content creator. I'm scanning my brain right now. Scanning my brain. I guess, you know what, I'll go with a guy who does stream as well, like me. He streams. He's a Paramount fan like you, actually. I'll go TJC Sport. He's a young bloke and he's good for some banter and doesn't take anything too seriously. And Yeah, he's a a good bloke, so I'll go TJC Sport. He puts effort into his channel. He does Eels vlogs. He does streams as well, so um yeah i'll say I'll, I'll go tjc but if i've forgotten to name anyone which i have obviously please don't uh <laughs> think that i don't like you it's just that on the spot i had to go clarky yeah. sports had do a great job and tjc was the first person coming come to mind because he's a good bloke
0: a quick one for you. you mentioned the charity match and you're obviously a commentator for that and obviously with your live streams is there anything down the track and this coincides with my final question for you when it comes to commentary uh commentary gig etc is that something that you'd be open to because listening to it you you killed it and you obviously kill your live streams
1: yeah look i love it man i, I absolutely love it because we're getting the people's opinion and then i'm interacting with the community they're feeling like they're having a beer and talking with a mate what plus also having all their other friends who they get used to you know people love the old slapper jay hayes you know dad's mate he's always a character you know trucking uh, Blitzy, you know, all these guys who are, there's so many regulars. we we'll probably have, you know, 50 to 60 regulars every single stream or maybe even 80 regulars and then you'll get like the other the 100, 150, 200 that'll just be kind of new people coming in or quiet people because a lot of people watch the streams but they don't actually necessarily speak, right? So uh, I think that I'm always open to something, right? If if uh, KO or 9 or or whoever kind of came and said, hey, listen, would you like to do this? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no, and I would definitely consider it. The only issue is, is that the reason why our streams do so well is because we are directly interactive with the people and we're talking to the people. Like, Clark and I did really well in regards to the commentary on the charity match because we do have that good rapport. But with that being said, it's it's great, but you don't have that difference, the point of difference, where I've got all the comments coming through saying, oh, this team's not doing too well, or this team's shit kind of deal. And I'm like... And then I can reply to that and I can defend that team or I can defend that player. Uh, Whilst if it's just me, I drive the entire agenda of it. So not trying to put that out there too much into the world, but it's very easy to drive an agenda to you guys if we don't have you in the chat. So I'm never going to say like no overall. I definitely would be intrigued and interested in it. But at the end of the day, I would still want to have some form of way that I'm interacting with the community.
0: With the BKR Sports, what's your goal for 2024 and, and into the future? Got any written down that you, you'd like to, to crack?
1: Uh, I think that a near-time goal. Well, we just hit 25,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is uh, for NRL content besides Bloke and a Bar. We are the um, biggest for fan support, I would say. Uh, I t- can't think of anybody who's above us on YouTube for that besides Bloke and a Bar. So, uh, yeah, we just hit that one. My goal would probably be to hit 35,000 or so by the end of the year. And I think we'll definitely hit that. It could even be to hit 40, but 15,000 subscribers this year in like a uh, single Australian sport is quite difficult. Uh, But, you know, never say never. You know, with the effort and work that we put in, never say never. I think a long-term goal, I used to do all kinds of sport, right? I used to do all like AFL, football, the American sports, all that sort of stuff. And now I'm just focused on NRL because I want to really get that moment with the Titans. But at the end of the day, I would love to like travel around and there's something that I always said at the beginning when I started my channel, I always want to give back. And there's always been one thing that when I have the money and I travel, I want to give back to like a local youth club of some sport, whether it be rugby league or whether it be football or something like that. I want to give back some form of like, you know, donation to a local youth club and go down there or just something that benefits the game and benefits the community overall because at the end of the day that's what we do what we do that's why we do it so uh, that's a more long-term goal i've got big plans in regards to that but near time future it's just to be consistent so the titans win and uh hit thirty-five thousand.
0: you mentioned the youtube uh side of things a quick plug for for myself and, and the page uh everyone knows the small little goal we've got at the moment trying and hit that 1k mark so if you are listening to this or watch uh, sorry watching this on youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button as well would be greatly appreciated. Finally, uh, Blaze. Once again, thank you for your time. Just to let everyone know where to find you if they haven't done so already, which I'll be shocked with. Um, just give yourself a little bit of a, a bit of a spruik, advertise yep. yourself.
1: Well, we're on BKR Sport, BKR Sport. Yes, a lot of people say BKR Sports or uh, BK Sport or BK or BR. We get it all the time, uh, but BKR Sport on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, I try to do TikTok, man. I do. I try. But when you're on YouTube, it's all production. And then Instagram and TikTok is a lot more quicker. And it's really hard to kind of do both. So uh, do forgive me. Uh, but I am technically on, on TikTok, on fake sport, YouTube and Twitter, I guess. Um, but, yeah, mainly on YouTube and, and, uh, and Instagram there, man. So YouTube is for the production value, the vlogs, the screens, the, you know, doing different kinds of videos. And then Instagram, you kind of just look at my story. And I'll also post before and after a game so that you can see. How I'm feeling <laughs> after, before, and after
0: a game. Glad you mentioned that TikTok and YouTube thing because I find it so difficult. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that trying to keep yeah, up bro. with both platforms. um Blaze, thank you so much for coming on, being the inaugural interview for this content creator series, which I'm looking forward to chatting to. Plenty more to come, but you are the the, the first one off the, the ring, and you put some appreciate faith in that. myself, which I really do appreciate. I know you're a very, very busy man. Uh, guys, again, make sure you go and give him some love, BKR Sport. Do the uh, the likes, subscribes, do the follows, you know, <laughs> all the love to give these days on the social media side of things. So, Blaze, thank you. Good luck to your mighty Titans in not just 2024 but the future as well. I will be secretly riding their their train as well. I'll be there at a few of their games this year as well. So um, have a, a great afternoon uh, and thank you once again for joining the League of Inches podcast. Appreciate you, bro. Have a good one and good luck with your channel. Thank you. Hey there, Joel from the League of Inches podcast. Just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. I really do hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you ha- did do so uh, and you want to support the page that little bit further, make sure you give us a follow and a like. It does go a long way supporting the page and helping us reach um, other people to listen to the podcast as well as giving us a like and a follow on all our social media platforms. We're available on all of them. Just type in League of Inches. It does go a long way. Finally, if you can just give us a rating for the podcast, uh, it will go a massive way of giving us a bit more support as well. So, again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We're going to be averaging about three to four podcasts a week minimum, so make sure you get around the page. Massive things coming up this year in 2024. Have a great day.